Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. All right. Today's reading is um, from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray as we dive into God's word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you use this time. Lord, as we reflect on your words through scripture, as we reflect on your words through song, Lord, that as we reflect on the last 40 days and in fact our entire faith journey with you, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would help us take the next step and continue to take the next step in our faith journey in following you. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So I want to share a story with you that I promise will connect, uh, but it had to do with the first time I went to seminary, right? So this is before I had actually uh, enrolled in seminary. There was a opportunity for prospective students to go and check it out, uh, and so I went, and it was the first time I had ever gone to a liturgical service, and for those of you who don't know what a liturgical service is, that is a much more formal church service where there's normally an organ, uh, different types of music, hymns, and they, pre- they uh, do worship out of a hymnal. And it was the first time I had ever used a hymnal before. And it became very clear very quickly that I had no idea what I was doing. I I couldn't find the right page to go to because at that time there were page numbers and hymn numbers. And so like I was on page 140 and we were on hymn 140. And so I had to keep asking the guy next to me, where do we go next? And then I had never read or sang out of a hymnal before where it has stanzas and you read essentially the first line of the first paragraph and then the second line the first line of the second paragraph, and that's how you sing the song. It was just a bunch of stuff that I had never done before because I had grown up in a more contemporary praise band worship. So I kept asking the prospective student next to me, hey, can you show me where to go, whatever else? And he graciously said yes. And then at the end of it, he asked me with just true compassion in his eyes, he said, oh, are you dyslexic? He he thought I had a reading disability. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not dyslexic. I've just never used a hymnal before. And to him, I think that was even more uh, shocking. That I, that I had never done that, that I had never worshipped that way. And whether you use a hymnal, whether you have a praise band, whether you lead worship in shorts and a t-shirt or in a full alb and robe, Jesus is okay with all of that. But one of the things that I did take away from looking at that hymnal was an interesting thing that hymnals do when it comes to the hymns that you sing. See, on the side, in the edges, in the margins, they have scripture references. And the reason why they have those scripture references is to let you know that, hey, this song isn't some artist's idea of who God is, but in fact, this song is inspired, is taken from these set of scriptures. And I've always found that a beautiful way to look at worship music or praise music or hymn music is to go back and find where is the scripture that that song comes from. And the reason why I talk about that is because we're finishing up our Red Letter Challenge, where we've been going through these different themes of following Jesus, and we're ending today with what it looks like to follow Jesus, not just for 40 days, not just through this challenge, but but going forward. And as I was thinking through and praying through this sermon and and where I wanted to take the church, I, I went to a bunch of different scriptures of Jesus calling his disciples 
right? James and Peter and John and Matthew, the tax collector. The, the reading we shared earlier today of Jesus, even after Peter totally biffs, makes so many mistakes, denies Jesus, falls flat on his face, Jesus tells him, come follow me, right? All these beautiful sections of scripture where Jesus invites people to follow them throughout their whole life. And I was going through all of them, and they're all good. We could have preached on any of them. But the song that I was listening to to kind of help frame this message was the song, Lord, I Need You. And we're going to sing that in a little bit. But as I was singing that song, as I was reflecting on that song, as I was looking at the lyrics of that song, I realized, oh, this is it. This is what it means to follow. Because we really are intentional here at Acts about not just playing music that makes us feel good or has a really good melody, but has those deep scriptural truths. And I realized that we can literally just go through this song and unpack how it affects our following of Christ, what that looks like, and how using the red letters of Jesus, his own words, to understand the God that we have and the opportunity that we have as God's kids to follow him. And so we are literally going to do that. We're going to go through the song. Verse by verse, Lord, I need you. And I hope it is impactful to you, as it is to me, of understanding how we follow God together, why we follow God, what that posture looks like, what a life of following looks like. So let's start it off. All right, first, uh, first verse, first line. Lord, I come. I confess. First John tells us this. If we claim... To be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I I love how this starts because the idea of confession means that we get to openly declare all that we are. And sometimes we get in our minds, well, confession is just about the bad stuff, just about the sin, just about the muck, and that is part of it. But true confession is bringing everything to God that we don't have to hide, that we don't have to play pretend, the things that we're scared of or or the things that are causing anxiety in our lives or our hopes or our dreams. We get to confess everything to him. We get to be an open book to the God of the universe who says, I'm your father, and I want you to bring it all to me, including the sin, including the brokenness, including the stuff that you hide from social media or you don't want your family to find out about or the fears that keep you up at night. He says, guys, I want all of you. And so as we talk about following Christ throughout our entire lives, the idea that we get to come in confession to him in this open declaration of this is who I am, all the warts and all, and the fact that he says that he will forgive us the sin that he will, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? And, and righteousness is literally just right relationship with God. So he says, you are righteous. We're going to see this later in the song. We have a right relationship with God, and we are emboldened. We get to come before the God of the universe and open up everything. God, this is what I'm scared about with school or with my family or with inflation or, or with the wars that are going on or with whatever it is. We get to bring it all to him. So, Lord, I come, I confess. And then the song goes on. It says, bowing here, in this moment, I find my rest. Again, this comes directly from scriptures, directly from Jesus, where he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Y'all who are just weighed down by work, or weighed down by your past, or just weighed down by the the grind. Whether you're like me, where you're like, God, I am sick of being sick. I'm sick of wondering if I've got COVID, or if Erica's going to be okay, or if this is going to spread. If you're tired, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, Acts Church, and I will give you rest. And rest that is so supernatural. It transcends the conditions, the challenges of this world. And all of us need that. All of us need that Sabbath, that time where we can take off the weight of the world and realize God's the one carrying it. And and so we get this peace that transcends all understanding, Paul will write to the church in Philippi. This is part of what it means to come and to follow a God. The song goes on, and without you, I, I fall apart. For you're the one that guides my heart. This idea that we don't have to figure out our own way through the world. That God doesn't just say, all right, y'all, I have forgiven you. I love you. You've been recharged at church. Good luck this week. Instead, he says, no, I want to be with you every step of the way. I never will leave you. I never will abandon you, Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 28. The last thing he says, I am with you, y'all. And we're going to do it together. The Psalms put it this way. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you, my God, are my Savior. My hope is in you all day long. The peace that that he's already got it all figured out. That he knows what's coming next. There are no curveballs for God in your life. And, and while there are going to be challenges, while there are going to be setbacks, where, whether things in your family or at work or with your physical body, right, there are going to be challenges. None of them were unexpected to God. And he's going to guide you and lead you as you seek to follow him. Y'all, that is good news. That is, that is liberating. Right. And then, then the second uh, verse So where sin runs deep, your grace is more, and where grace is found is where you are. I I love this verse so much. Because all of us wrestle with sin. Every week, by the time that we probably leave the parking lot, we have face-planted multiple times of either envy or greed or fear or lust or whatever it is, right? All the, just the, the brokenness, right? It all just, just packs in. And sin's deep. But what we see in Scripture is there is no sin that can take us away from God. There, there is no disqualifying sin. Romans puts it this way, the law was brought so that the trespass might increase, so that sin might be seen, essentially. But where sin increased, grace also increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is Paul talking about here? The idea isn't that we're going to sin more. The reality is as we follow God, we should be sinning less, right? We should be more like him. And yet, 
we see our sin more clearly. We see the depth and the hurt more acutely. And so it's not that sin has increased. It's that we realize that sin was bigger than we thought it was. But here's the good news. His grace is even bigger than that, right? So if I start off and I'm like, okay, my sin, it's this high of a pile. And God comes in and the cross literally conquers that, rises above that. I'm like, wow, the the cross is pretty big. But then as I follow God, I'm learning to follow him. Uh, My language is getting better. My driving is getting better, right? But, But I'm still working through my salvation. I'm still a sinner. And so all of a sudden I realize, oh, my sin's not here. My sin's actually here, right? Well, the good news is the cross covers that. And then as I follow him more, again, in righteousness and holiness and learning to imitate him in the fruits of the Spirit coming out, yeah, technically I may be sinning less, but now I realize, oh boy, that, that sin is way worse than I thought it was. But the good news is the cross is even bigger than that. And, and so while, yes, we see our sin more clearly, we also see the grace and the goodness of God that overcomes, and then our thanksgiving rolls out of that. And the eagerness to follow, the eagerness to change, the redemption that comes from that, y'all, that is good news. Song continues on. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Being like God is having Christ inside of us that we're not alone. Scripture says this in Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by the yoke of slavery. See, what we find is that in following Christ, when we set down our own ambitions and our own way of doing things, that's where real freedom is. See, the world says, oh, no, 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 you're free if you get to choose, but what we so often find is our choices just lead us to bondage. All of a sudden, we're under bondage to chasing after money or chasing after vanity or or how I look in the mirror or what my neighbors think of me or what my family thinks of me or whatever else. And all of a sudden, we're chasing after these things, and we find they're actually binding us. We're in Christ, we're free. In Christ, we are liberated to love and to live and to experience life and life to the full that transcends what the world can offer us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. So teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way. Again, this comes straight from Scripture, right? Because we're going to leave here, and you might be, yeah, Josh, I want to follow Christ. I'm all in, right? And then as soon as you leave this place, you check your email, you check Facebook, you get a text message, someone cuts you off, right? And, And whatever that sin is, and all of us have our own unique vices, right? All of us have our own unique things that we are struggling with, and you're like, ugh! Well, thing is, God doesn't just leave you by yourself. There are promises even then when that temptation, when that choice enters your life. This is what Scripture says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, y'all, this is the promise, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is never going to throw a curveball at you that he's not going to be there with you with. That he's not going to be able to say, hey, you you don't have to go back into bondage. There's there's an off-ramp. 
And it may be hard, it may be confusing, it may be dark. But the promise that I have not left you alone, that my word is still there, that you can reach out to other people in the body of Christ, that you can stop and take a breath and say, you know what, God, I don't need to honk that horn. You know, I don't need to talk back. I don't need to click here, right? All of us have that opportunity, that promise that he's not leaving us by ourselves. And when I cannot stand, he says, I'll fall on you because, Jesus, you're my hope and stay. What I love about this is there is a a promise there that even when we fall, we don't fall in despair. That, that we fall on the promises of who he is and what he's doing and that our righteousness, our faith doesn't rest on our own strength but on him. Isaiah 40 says this, even youths grow tired and weary and the young will stumble and fall. But for those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This promise that God is never going to leave us on our face. That he's going to pick us back up. Proverbs says, though the righteous man falls seven times, though God will help him back up. That we can continue to get to walk with him, to follow him through all the brokenness, all of our fears, all the times where we don't get it right, and the times that we do get it right. That sometimes we'll fly, sometimes we'll run, sometimes we'll walk, but we're always moving forward, following Christ together and where he's seeking us and what he's doing in our lives. Which then leads us to the chorus of the song. So Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Not not just on Sunday mornings, not not just when you're doing your morning devotional or, or your prayer time at night, but every moment, every breath, following him, seeking after him, Right, scripture says it this way, As for me, I call to the Lord, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though my foes uh, oppose me. Right, every hour, morning, noon, and night, breath by breath, we get to walk with God. And that doesn't mean you have to be on your knees constantly praying. It just means that no matter where you go, he's with you. You can always lean into him. You can always pray to him silently, asking God, how do I navigate this? Lord, give me strength. Give me peace. Help me love my kids better. Help me be a better student. Help me be a good friend in this moment. Help this anxiety, Lord, to tone down so I can see clearly what you're doing. These are the promises of Scripture. And then it ends, you're, you're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. That, that's a promise, right? This is our hope. This is our defense. This is where we know we are secure and safe. And again, coming from the Psalms, the original hymnal of the church. So cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. See, he will never let the righteous be shaken. And y'all, you are righteous. I am righteous, not because I was good enough, not because I was smart enough, not because you're good enough, not because you're smart enough, because righteousness, a right relationship, comes from Christ and Christ alone. 
and that we are clothed, Scripture says, in his righteousness. And because he is righteous, we are righteous. And because we are in right relationship with God, we don't have to fear. We get to cast all of it. Again, full circle, we get to come and confess who we are, all of ourselves to God. And so so I want to end with confession. I want to end with us being able to be honest with him. And then we're going to go into a time of communion where we get to have union where that righteousness, that right relationship is shown. I invite you guys to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come. Lord, we confess. Lord, we confess all of it. Lord, the, the good of this week. Lord, and we give you thanks for that. And we confess the brokenness. Lord, the times where we are still wrestling with sin, where we have allowed ourselves to act or think or to choose inaction as opposed to following you. Lord, we come in confession, but we are bold to be in confession because your word says if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and true, and you forgive us our sins and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, you make us righteous. You declare us your children. We are forgiven, and we are emboldened to follow you. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you help this church, every man, woman, and child, myself at the front of the line, Lord, follow you more faithfully. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at actschurchleander.com.